Hi everyone, welcome back to this lovely little show I like to call Brunch with Bryce. And not only because that's his actual name. So, so sorry this episode didn't come out on Thursday. I've been super busy with my schoolwork and I almost didn't want to do this. Honestly, I love the story we're talking about today, I just didn't feel like doing the research. But, we're here anyway, because I just needed to get it over with, because I can't give up right after starting this podcast. Today's a little bit crazy, and if you remember from last time, I said we'd be talking about the famous mathematician and astronomer Hypatia of Alexandria. Clearly, I enjoy doing these depressing topics because there's a ton of them in my future plans. I just really like talking about ancient civilizations and stuff, so it's fine because it was a tragic time. I mean, holy wars were all the rage and they were bad. Let's try and actually get started though because I'm kind of covering two things. I watched the movie Agora in preparation for this, so I'm going to be going over what I thought of it, and then I'll talk a little bit about Hypatia's life and compare it between the movie and real life. Please do keep in mind that my research is not going to be perfect, and my thoughts on the movie are in fact my own thoughts, not reflective of history or otherwise. Of course, I'm not supposed to skip over the part where I tell you what we're eating today. Funny story, uh, it's not actually brunch today. In fact, it's almost 11 o'clock at night, so perhaps I should change the name to Late Night Snacks with Bryce or something. Anyway, I'm snacking on garden salsa, sun chips, and water right now, so yeah. This is episode 2, The Tragic Case of Hypatia of Alexandria. Okay, so, for those of you who may not know, Hypatia of Alexandria was a mathematician, astronomer, and philosopher in the 4th and 5th centuries AD. She was well known and made many contributions to her field, such as inventing the astrolabe and various devices for measuring liquid density. It's unsure exactly when she was born, but it's estimated between 350 and 370 AD. This was a wonderful movie. It stars Rachel Weisz's Hypatia, and she was so good. I actually really love this movie, and for so many reasons. It's such a tragic story, but it's told so beautifully. I really love the set design, the costume design, the writing. It's all magnificent. I really felt like I was in there. There's quite a few creative liberties taken, so it isn't like a great movie if you want to learn all the details but it gives you a pretty good idea of Hypatia's story. One of the biggest drawbacks of this movie, from many people's perspective, is the way it shows Christians. It portrays them as ignorant, violent, obscurantists. This is harder to simplify and clear up than it seems, as it has some truth woven in. It's kind of like half true, half not. Like, anybody who knows anything about holy wars is they're violent, but they're not... Early Christians weren't like as ignorant as this portrays them to be. I'll cover that more on later, but know that the biggest reason for this is that the director of the movie is an atheist. He has admitted that he was raised Christian but is now an atheist, and understandably that can color his opinion and portrayal of Christians just a little bit. There is also an insert of a fictional character named Davis, who is a slave of Hypatia and her father Theon, and after witnessing a supposed miracle converted to Christianity, Even though he plays a big role in the movie, there are a ton of characters in it who actually existed. Among these were the monk Ammonius, the patriarch Cyril, and Hypatia's student Orestes. We're actually going to take a quick break here for a second before we dive into the story. 
A history episode calls for historical fun facts. I literally just googled some, so here you go. I have like five of them for you. Did you know that one time Napoleon Bonaparte was attacked by a horde of bunnies? Apparently he wanted to hunt them, so they put the bunnies in a cage, and when they released them, they were attacked. During Prohibition, or the ban of alcohol in the U.S., the government actually poisoned alcoholic beverages. Maybe not all the time, but, you know, sometimes. Apparently it was a thing. Which is ironic, because technically alcohol itself is a poison. Pope Gregory IV believed that black cats were instruments of Satan, and so declared a literal war on them. Karma kinda hit him in the face, though, because without the cats, the rats became more populous and caused the plague. I have a couple more for ya. Did you know that the nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb, was based on a real person? Her name was Mary Sawyer, and her pet lamb actually followed her to school. And of course, did you know Abraham Lincoln was a licensed bartender? He actually opened a bar, but it shut down when one person drank most of the supply. Turns out Google is actually pretty good at teaching me stuff, even though I actually knew several of the facts in the article. I didn't know any of these, though. I'm just going to start at the beginning here and go along. Like I mentioned earlier, Hypatia of Alexandria was born sometime between 350 and 370 AD, and is well known for both her death and contributions to science. Hypatia was one of the first women to study and teach philosophy and astronomy, and she was taught these skills by her father, Theon. From what I see, she was an only child, though it is debated whether or not she had a brother. This brother could have just been a favorite pupil of her father. Hypatia taught students at the Serapeum, which was the daughter library of the Library of Alexandria. By the time of Hypatia, the main library had already been burned by Julius Caesar in about 48 BC. This magnificent library held the works of many philosophy, math, drama, and poetic works. It's actually estimated that it stored between 200,000 and 700,000 documents. Anyway, Hypatia taught her students, and among them were pagans, Christians, and Jewish, as the city was starting to be more open for Christians. She taught a couple of notable pupils, including Orestes and Synesius, both characters in the movie and real-life people. Our philosopher was very dedicated to her studies and held tightly to a life of chastity. She had many students and others try to make advances on her, but she turned them all down. Slowly, the religious turmoil began to double-double toil and trouble. <laughs> That doesn't even make sense. Also, that's from Macbeth, not Hypatia. Anyway, the Christians and the pagans were starting to lock horns, and in approximately the year 391 AD, the Roman Emperor Theodosius decided to mandate that all pagan practices in Alexandria be banned. This insulted said pagans to no end and ignited a riot against the patriarch Theophilus. The Christians, however, had other plans. They counterattacked and made the pagans retreat back into the Serapeum, including Hypatia. After this, the emperor issued a pardon for the rioting pagans, given they vacate the Serapeum immediately and allow the Christians and patriarch to take control. Because of this, many of those pagan Alexandrians were forced out of Alexandria due to the no pagans allowed mandate, or they were forced or chose to convert. After they left, the Serapeum was raided and destroyed. Fortunately, the ruins of this building are still visible today, and a big part of the reason much of it is gone is because people would take the stones from the building to use for their own religious buildings. I'm going to post some pictures for y'all if you want to see them. They're not my pictures, by the way, I'm stealing these off of Google. 
once this conflict was resolved, I don't know, I mean, it's a religious war, I'd never truly call it resolved. Anyway, Alexandria was able to enjoy a brief time of peace until around 412-ish, when Theophilus died and there were riots between who should succeed him. Long story short, a man named Cyril was chosen, who is the evil portrayed bishop from the movie. That whole thing was kind of a pop of violence in the era, but the next few years were kind of rough too. Many of the Christians of the time believed Christ was about to come and they tried to live holier lives and started a period of a sort of ethnic cleansing of the Jewish people in the area. In fact, something I always enjoy about historical movies is the smaller details that they put in that are actually true. There's a scene in Agora where the Jews lure the Christian Parabolani into a church by making them believe that it was on fire. When they were successful, they were locked in and attacked, with many of them dying. Meanwhile, the new governor or prefect of Egypt was this man named Orestes. You may remember him from earlier. He hit on Hypatia and she rejected him. However, they both stayed close friends and she was in his little circle of advisors when he became prefect. Obviously, this means he converted to Christianity and had to deal with the rising violence between the Christians and the Jews and had a little bit of rivalry with Cyril. In fact, it was quite bloody. They were constantly whining like little children to the emperor, and since Cyril was a religious leader, he had a higher power than Orestes did, and honestly, I kind of don't blame him for not wanting to accept that. I mean, he was the governor of this entire country and was expected to bow to this guy who was being a little bit of a bully. Several of the other monks ambushed Orestes, and Ammonius hit him on the head with a lovely little rock. I understand he didn't want to bow to Cyril, but I don't understand the need to try and murder him. Clearly, Orestes didn't have very good protection because his bodyguard ran away from the scene. Luckily, the citizens of Alexandria stepped in to save the prefect. And of course, in retaliation, Orestes had Ammonius tortured to the point of death. Yikes. Cyril didn't like this, so he took the corpse and declared him a martyr, which, if this happens to be a new or unfamiliar word, it basically just means he was murdered for his religious beliefs. We've strayed a little bit from Hypatia herself, but this is all very important to what happened to her in the end. As Orestes was struggling with this situation with Cyril, he got support from our lovely little friend Hypatia. Like I said, they stayed good friends, and even though acts of paganism were outlawed, there were still a few followers in Alexandria, including Hypatia herself. Since she was such a big deal, she still held some influence over this group, so she was helpful in all ways, including the wisdom she had gained from her studies. Sadly, this relationship is kind of ultimately what got her killed. Since the prefect was so close with the pagan philosopher, Cyril began insisting that Orestes was abandoning his faith and that Hypatia was seducing him in one way or another. They actually called her a witch. It's kind of debated a little exactly how she died, but two things are certain. She was murdered by a group of Christian fanatics, and it was absolutely brutal. There's a couple of stories which I will tell to you now, so have fun. Either way, her death occurred sometime around the spring of 415, so she was between 45 and 65. A lot of people say she was born about 355, so she was probably about 60 when she died. I'll just go with that for the sake of simplicity. Honestly, either way, she was a rare breed of long-living people. The average life expectancy around that time in the Roman Empire was around 30 years. The first story, 
and I think the most common one, is that these fanatics dragged her from her carriage, took her to their church, stripped her down, and flayed her with little jagged pieces of shell. So, that's fun. All she did was study and think and be Egyptian, and they brutally murdered her. Oh, and they tore her limbs off and dragged her through the streets before proceeding to burn them in pagan mockery. The second story is a little less terrifying, but not really. They basically just dragged her through the street till she died, to make an example out of her. While I value historical accuracy in movies, I'm thankful to no end that the director decided to simplify her death. In the movie, they took her into the church and prepared to stone her. Our slave friend from earlier, the fictional one, Davis, took his opportunity and suffocated her so that she could die a considerably less painful death. It's noble, I suppose. I mean, he basically fought an entire war against her and played a hand in her death, but you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. It's so weird how the entire story just escalates a lot, but with the religious war, it kind of makes sense. When the movie first was being advertised, and after it first came out, it got a lot of hate for its portrayal of Christianity, which I empathize with because it is a bit out there, but also not really. And honestly, it's not even just Christians. Religious wars are brutal, and so is history. I can understand fighting for what you believe in, but it's so weird that early religious groups literally waged wars and murdered people just to do that. Like you preach about a loving God and stuff, and then you go and torture people to get them to join you? I mean, no judgment toward modern Christians, because honestly I'm in no place to judge, but it's weird. I mean, Christianity isn't like that anymore, mostly. I mean, there's always going to be religious fanatics. That's just an unfortunate part of it. In these, Christian holy wars lasted for centuries. Remember the Crusades? Yeah, still wars fought for religion. I'm not going to open that can of worms now, though. Basically, this is a very sad story, but I really enjoy it. And at least it's not current, like last week. But thus ends the story of Hypatia of Alexandria. Don't forget, I'm going to post some pictures related to her story tonight, too. Okay, I'm still not sure what the daily challenge is supposed to be, and I think I need to ditch that title because it's not really working. Nonetheless, I'm going to keep trying to figure it out because it could be a fun idea. I hope you all enjoyed this episode because it took me forever to actually start writing it. It was fun to do, so I don't know why it was so hard for me. Also, sorry I didn't actually talk about the movie much, but basically I really liked it. I also realized how awesome Rachel Weiss is, too, while watching it. This episode was even shorter than last time, but I'm still getting the hang of it. Anyway, next time, and I promise this will actually be out Thursday, we're going to be talking about skincare. That's right, caring for your skin. Not in the modern days, though, because that stuff is basically useless and expensive. Yuck. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you about skincare in some ancient civilizations, because, you know, who hasn't wondered about that before? I'm excited, though, because I'm going to try a couple of them, because my skin desperately needs it. This will be a useful time for this to be a YouTube channel, but I won't be learning how to edit video yet. It's fine. Except also the food episodes. Whatever, that's what Instagram is for. 
You can hear my mediocre mouth-watering descriptions and then look at the pictures and understand what we're actually talking about. Also, I know I said things would get happier, but looking at my timeline now, yeah. I mean, on Thanksgiving, you're going to hear about the true origins of Thanksgiving, so that won't be fun. But turkey and bread. But then it gets better for like three episodes and then we're going into Greek mythology. Clearly, I like torturing y'all because Greek mythology is often quite depressing or funny or both. My favorite story is honestly the one of Theseus because it is beyond ridiculous. I'm going to get back on track now. Thank you for listening to this tragedy and I hope that you learned something. Now you can tell all your friends about Hypatia or if you're one of my friends, you can understand what I'm talking about when I talk about it. I honestly think that's my underlying goal in this, is to educate my friends on things so I don't sound like a crazy person all the time. You know, as if that would help. If you would like, I would so appreciate if you would rate and review, and if you would like to truly knock it out of the park, there's a link to support the podcast. Feel free also to follow my socials. You can find me on Instagram and Elon Musk's new Twitter. Those are also linked below. I hope I didn't put you to sleep. Though truly, who could fall asleep during the roller coaster that is ancient Alexandria? Thanks for joining me this week, and I will see you next time.